Hello and welcome to Self-Doubt Sandwich, personal essays disguised as a weekly podcast. I am your host, Erin Moser, and this is episode 14. My body is a temple, but my body is a bitch. It's time for a self-doubt sandwich. I would like to dedicate this week's episode to... Troy and Ava of Asheville, North Carolina. I went over to their apartment to watch the Super Bowl on Sunday night with my sister Emma and her boyfriend Graham. Troy is uh, Graham's friend slash co-worker and um, they invited us over and they had made wings and vegan nachos and Emma and Graham and I had made our dinner of quinoa and veggies with Parmesan cheese, and we had just brought it over. Doug did not come because he is sick. Um, So it was the five of us, and Troy and Ava Ava were just wonderful hosts, very friendly people, super excited and supportive of my current life adventure, which I feel like that's a good thing for the world for just more strangers to be excited about what other strangers are doing like get excited about what strangers are doing like get informed about it and get excited about it I feel like that's a good thing for the world um also when I first walked into their apartment uh Kings of Leon was playing on the bluetooth speaker and so I kind of knew that everything was going to be okay so Troy proceeded to play lots of great music um, instead of having us listen to the dumbass commentators of the Super Bowl. Um, So that was a great choice. So there's good music. As Troy proceeded to drink his beer, he um, gave us the privilege of viewing his dance moves. So I thank him for that. And Ava showed me some pictures. Oh, they had recently moved from Seattle and had been in a lot of the places that Doug and I are stopping at. So she gave me some great Arizona wrecks. Um, I can't wait to go to Antelope Canyon and Monument Valley. She showed me some pictures of those places and of uh, Blanca Lake, which is somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. So I'm just uh, dedicating this episode to them and their Southern hospitality. Before I get started on my small victory, I just wanted to really quickly um, kind of apologize for maybe the slight downgrade in production quality this week. I am on the road. My husband and I are on the road, and I was planning to continue my podcast on the road as I already talked about. Um, last week didn't happen just because last week was a whirlwind of closing the house and getting some work done on the van and actually, you know, leaving the state, but I'm here this week. Um, but my microphone that I have been using the past month or so 
is packed in our van in a place where when we put it there, we were like, yeah, we'll be able to get to it. And, you know, Doug is sick right now and I'm kind of in charge of getting things out of the van and I'm just not up for the physical maneuvers that would be required for me to access this microphone. And so I'm just going back to the basics of what I had when I first started this podcast, which is just my iPhone and my earbuds. And I'm sitting in a closet, hoping that maybe that will help a little bit. Also, I'm just sitting in the closet because I'm self-conscious about recording the podcast in front of other people. Doug is out in the other room resting. And so I'm in the closet of this Airbnb that we have in Nashville right now. So, um, bear with me and hopefully next week, I mean, I will most likely still be on the road next week, but I will have figured out how to get access to my microphone and figure out a better place to keep it so that it's not such a pain in the ass to get it out. So moving right along, speaking of Nashville, my small victory is, well, in general, it's just going and doing something alone. Um, In specific, the thing that I actually did alone was I went to a show at the Listening Room Cafe in Nashville last night by myself. Um, And for some people, maybe that's not such a big deal. But I think for a lot of people, especially women, sometimes it can be a little bit daunting to go and do something alone. And if that's not something that you resonate with, great. Um, but I know that I've seen plenty of literature about it and plenty of people stressing the importance of being able to go and do things alone, um, regardless of who you might have available to do it with you. And, uh, it was a little bit daunting to me, but I did it for one, we're in Nashville and I couldn't, you know, stay home at night when I knew there was something going on that I could get into. Um, Doug is sick, but he is not like the sick that requires round-the-clock care. So yesterday was a lot of driving in Henry. Henry is our van. I did all the driving, which is fine, but um, I was just feeling a little cooped up, and I really didn't want to just stay with the sickly man in the Airbnb all night. And so I kind of just, that propulsion of that, that need to just get out and about kind of just superseded any anxiety I might have about going somewhere alone. Um, what also helped is that I've been to the Listening Room Cafe before, uh, a couple of years ago when Doug and I were in Nashville to see the Lumineers, we ended up seeing a show at the Listening Room Cafe. So I was like, okay, I kind of know what I'm getting into. And then when I checked the schedule, I saw that it was, you know, Monday night. So it was the night for the Song Suffragettes. And I had never been to a Song Suffragette show before. I've watched some of their, uh, some, some parts of their show on YouTube before. And I follow them on Instagram. And if you don't know what the Song Suffragettes are, they are a songwriting collective of female singer-songwriters based in Nashville who are just all about standing together and supporting each other in the face of gender disparity in the music industry. I think I got pretty much all that right, but check it out for yourself because all of these women are amazing. And even if 
maybe some of them aren't your cup of tea, you're bound to find a new artist that you love just by checking out the people who have played this. I think last night um, Emma White was the one hosting and she said that over 250 or like about 250 different women had played the song Suffragette. It's not like a girl group. It's not like a fixed set of people. There are people who are there a lot, but it's never the same people like every week necessarily. So there were four, one, two, oh, actually five. There were five different um, singer songwriters. And then they also had a, a woman doing percussion. Um, let's see, let's gather my thoughts so I can stop saying, um, basically I went alone. I almost talked myself out of it, but Doug actually helped me to talk myself back into it. The ticket was cheap. It's only $5. The other thing at the listening room cafe is that you do have to spend a minimum of 15 on food and drink, but still that's like with tip that's like under 30 bucks. So it's still a great price for the quality music that I got to experience last night. Um, where we are staying kind of in the Germantown neighborhood. It was a 25 minute walk, so it was completely doable. And it was actually the best thing for me to do after a day mostly spent driving. And about halfway through the walk, because the whole walk was just down 4th Avenue and about halfway through the walk, 4th Avenue intersects with Broadway. So you got, I got to have that just little tidbit of hearing all the live music on Broadway. And then, um, you know, there's still like the whole, like you walk in, I had a, had a hard time finding the entrance for a couple minutes for whatever reason, but that I was already in it. I wasn't going to let that stop me. Um, you know, you walk in and the lady was very nice. She didn't make me feel bad at all, but it's still kind of funny, like answering the question of, you know, like, Oh, is, is it just you tonight? Are you meeting anybody else inside? And I was like, no, it's just me. And so I got to sit in the back at this high top, which is a, it's a very small room. Any, any place is a good um, spot. And I kid you not, there was not a single song that I didn't love last night. An hour and a half, practically, of music. Five different singer-songwriters loved every single song like couldn't keep myself from in that moment going on to Apple Music and like adding some other songs to my library. It was just really great. And that is my small victory. Just the fact that, you know, I took it upon myself to do it on my own. You know, it's great being married because it's like for the rest of my life, I have somebody that will go and do things with me and experience things with me, um, <laughs> except for when He's sick, which is fine. Um, but it's so important, I think, to still be able to just do things on your own. And I know that if Doug were had been with me, I would have enjoyed it just the same. He would have loved it too. But especially because it was the female singer-songwriter, there was something just so powerful in being able to go there alone, um, solo, as a female, and just soak up all of their creativity and genius and love and wisdom so yeah check out song suffragettes on instagram and check it out their shows every monday they put on youtube too so you don't have to be in nashville 
to catch their amazing music. Okay, so this week's self-doubt is definitely there, um, but it's murky, kind of like my life right now, which is just basically what it's about. So I guess my self-doubt is kind of like I'm waiting to have a nervous breakdown and it hasn't happened yet and I'm fighting the urge to like be happy about that and just settle into what I have available to me right now or the other side is like keeping this like strong militant stance against my anxiety and like preparing for the worst. So this is all, you know, stuff I've talked about before, but just to really quick update, you know, Doug and I sold the house. We have been on the road for, well, since Wednesday night and today is Tuesday. So it's almost been a week. We still don't know exactly where we're headed and that's fine but that's just you know that's still where it's at and I had been kind of worried leading up to this point about how I was going to feel about it once it actually happened like how was I actually going to react to not having a home that is in the ground with four walls and a roof and not knowing even like what I'll be doing the next day and at the risk of like jinxing myself I have to say I'm handling it pretty well um (laughs) like I really am I feel super grounded about it um I feel this like flexibility about you know, having things in place that help me maintain my sanity, but also not being super rigid or religious about it at all. Like I, there's something about being more like water that has actually helped me to stay grounded. Um, Just to throw out some examples, I have eaten some meat in the past week. I've had some wine in the past week. I haven't meditated every single day. I haven't done my uh, morning pages every single day. And the world is still going around. And I am still feeling really good. There's things that I want to work on. Like I do want to do my morning pages every day. And I do want to meditate every day. But, um, you know, it's just weird. My life is weird right now and I'm trying to really fully feel that weirdness. Like I actually have made a practice like intentionally telling myself once at least once a day, if not several times a day, like you're not you're never going back to that house that was your home. You're not on vacation. You don't have a job, but you're not on vacation either. You're on a trip, you're on the road. And, you know, home is where you make it. 
And every day I tell myself that and I wait to see if I'm going to have like a nervous breakdown, like I said, or like freak out about it. And I don't so far. And so I guess my self-doubt, like I'm like actually doubting that, am I really handling it this well? Is this really happening? But also I'm just like trying to keep one step ahead of myself, which I don't even know if I should be doing that. But I'm trying to keep one step ahead of myself in that, like, um, you know, still retaining a sense of normalcy and structure and just making sure that everything doesn't just become this slump of, I don't even know, like, I want my life to still have a shape. Um, even if that shape changes from day to day, I don't, I don't want it to be shapeless. And so even today, you know, a day that we're just hanging out in Nashville, we still have the Airbnb until tomorrow morning. Um, even on a day I slept in and I still have, you know, like this structure that I'm bringing about to it. Like for instance, I wanted to record the podcast after this, I'm going to go to a local coffee shop and do some writing. Um, you know, it's just, it's just, my life is just so weird. And I know I keep on saying that, but I'm, I don't know, maybe this isn't actually self-doubt. Maybe this, maybe I really should be proud of myself. Um, you know, I don't, I think what the the self-doubt part of it though, I don't really know why. I, and I, I don't know why I'm handling it this well, but I feel like if I did think about it, I would be able to say like, well, um, I've been really consistent with taking my flower essence that I made specifically in preparation for this big life transition. Um, I've been drinking tea. I've been working with crystals. Um, everything else is like there. It's available to me as far as writing and reading and tarot but it's not like I'm grasping for it but I just feel it available I feel very supported right now and the van really does feel like our home base and so I don't feel like there's something I have to get back to which is weird and I'm still grappling with that um so I don't know this is just where I'm at and Again, I'm, there is a part of me that's still like waiting to have a nervous breakdown, but so far, even with some hiccups with, um, Henry's, we had to, long story short, we got the catalytic converter replaced in Savannah on Saturday. So, but even with that, like it was just, I, you know, it's all part of the journey. It's so cliche, but like that is really helping me get through. And I mean, I've been sleeping really well. I'm always nervous about that, about whether I'm actually going to sleep well somewhere that is my home. We've only spent actually one night in the van, but I slept great that night. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just figuring it out, but I guess I'm doing a pretty good job. And so this self-doubt, like most self-doubts, is just created by my mind as a hiccup, as a hoop to jump through where it's like, 
there's that still that little shadow of, of doubt about whether I'm actually going to be able to keep it together for this and it's keeping me from fully enjoying it. So I'm going to just let that go right here, right now in the podcast and accept that, you know, if I do have a breakdown, if I do have a complete freak out, that's actually, if, if it does happen, then it's probably for the best and it's probably in service of this whole journey and in service of my own healing anyway. So we'll just leave it at that. Sandwiches, 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 all you talk about, uh-oh, you talk about is sandwiches, talk some more. Okay, so it really has happened. I really don't have a sandwich this week, at least of my own creation. I talked about this two weeks ago where I really thought that I wasn't going to have a sandwich and I was able to pull something together from what was available in my fridge and freezer and pantry. And now I don't even have those anymore. I have a Yeti. I mean, I have a refrigerator available to me right now, but it all it has is a carton of eggs and a package of Hail Mary caramel sea salt cookie bites. Um, not an ad, not sponsored by them. But here's what I have to offer you. It's problematic and it's not original. But I would just like to share with you that when I go to Chick-fil-A, I like to get extra pickles on my sandwich. That's it. That's all I have for you. Um, We had Chick-fil-A for lunch yesterday, and like I said, uh, it's problematic. I'm fully aware of the uh, anti-LGBTQ history that Chick-fil-A has, although I, along with many others, are waiting to see if 2020 really is the year that they change their giving tunes um, as far as where they put their charitable donations and all that jazz. But um, I was traveling with a sick husband who had a craving for Chick-fil-A and there happened to be one available and that is what we had for lunch. And I always get the, just the Chick-fil-A original chicken sandwich with extra pickles. And those pickles are so hot because they're put on that bun with the, I mean, temperature-wise, they're so hot. They do not taste good, not in the sandwich. I experienced this firsthand when Doug offered me his pickles, and I was like, sure, but I had already finished my sandwich, and eating just hot pickles, unless they're fried and you're dipping them in some really good sauce, that's the only time hot pickles by themselves are good. But that's really all I have. I haven't had any sandwiches besides that. I haven't had the time to make any sandwiches. But you know, sandwich is only half of the title. The other part is self-doubt. And I've had plenty of that, so I still feel like it's okay to uh, go ahead with the production of this podcast. And who knows what might happen next week. Um, But until then, I leave you with the original Chick-fil-A sandwich. I do not buy the meal because I do not drink the drink. So I do get a side of waffle fries and I do get extra pickles on my Chick-fil-A sandwich and I do dip it into ketchup occasionally. Not every single bite, but occasionally. That's all I have for you. Please don't hate me. Safe spaces, safe spaces. Ooh, safe spaces.
So for my safe space this week, I'm going to tell you about this little bag that I have started to call my sleepy time bag. And it's got a variety of items that just assist me in getting my Z's. Um, I am not a high maintenance person in perhaps the traditional sense of the word, but I do have some idiosyncrasies when it comes to nighttime, which is weird because once I'm asleep, like I don't normally suffer from any kind of insomnia. I do have nightmares, but that's for another time. Um, not necessarily even nightmares. I just have very vivid dreams. Sometimes they're lucid and they're a lot, it's a lot of emotional labor involved in them, but that's not what I came here to talk to you about. Anyway, for whatever reason, my past traumas and all that stuff, um, I don't necessarily have a super complex nighttime routine, but I do have things that I just need to have around me. Even if I don't end up using them, I need to have them around me. And especially um, now that I'm traveling, it helps to keep them in a zipper pouch. This zipper pouch is um, a cact. It's a pouch that I bought at Walmart with another larger pouch that I keep all of my makeup in and they're cactus themed. This one in particular says stuck on you and it's the background is like a teal turquoise color and there's four different cacti and they're all super adorable. And inside of this bag, I will tell you all of the things that are inside of this bag. First and foremost, we have a piece of fabric that when I was living in a home and anytime I am in a place for a extended amount of time, I might get out and like spread out. It's just a, a sheer fabric that I think I got from my Aunt Annie. It's has flowers and little paisley patterns. It's dark blue. It's like several different shades of blue with some yellow and green. It's just a, a nice thing that I sometimes use to uh, lay out the rest of my stuff. The other thing I have is I have the, I have a hard case ring box. It's the ring box that came with my, just heard it snap shut maybe. It's the ring box that came with my engagement ring. So it's like a really nice hard case ring box. And I keep my wedding ring and my engagement ring in there at night while I'm sleeping. I also have an eye mask. Um, I didn't used to sleep with an eye mask until about a couple years ago. And now it's like game over. I can't sleep without them. This one I just got at Walgreens for a couple bucks. But for me, it's not just about the light. It's also the pressure on the eyes just really helps me just get right to it, get right to sleepy town. I have two uh, essential oils. One of them is a blend from Oracacia called Chill Pill. And Chill Pill has, um, it's got sweet orange, lavender, patchouli, peppermint, sweet basil, and chamomile and that's just there in case I need to sniff it um, in the middle of the night or whatever I might I also I also have a mist made from that so it's just like there if I need to make a new mist during the day or whatever it's just there I also have a 
bottle. Um, it's actually the chill pill one actually still has a little bit of oil in it. The other bottle that I have doesn't actually have any oil left in it. It just has the smell. It's lavender, um, just to, from Rolling Notes. And depending on like where my anxiety is at, that might be something I reach for in the middle of the night if I do wake up in the middle of the night. Here's the thing about me. If I fall asleep, I'm good. If I wake up in the middle of the night, sometimes I'm not good. Sometimes there's just something about being up in the middle of the night. I don't know. Um, it's been good lately, so whatever. Um, but yeah, that's there for me. And I've actually taken to just having a big whiff of it right before going to sleep every night. That way, it's not something that I associate with panic and terror. It's something that is just routine part of a restful sleep. Um, and so that that's happened to me a couple times where things that used to calm me then became associated with panic because I only used them when I was really super anxious. So now, when I know that there are things that help to stabilize me, I don't wait for panic. I just use them routinely anyway, so they just become part of my life. Uh, I also have a pen available just if I'm reading a book before bed and you want to take some notes or underline something. I like to have just pens readily available, so it is an ultra-fine Pilot G2. I love an ultra-fine Pilot G2. I also have a crystal, which I talked a lot about crystals in my safe space last episode, but this one is a rough cut amethyst range and amethyst is a protector crystal. It's also um, known for having qualities of, um, you know, providing a barrier between you and bad dreams and nightmares and I mean, I still have nightmares and stuff, but having the amethyst nearby helps just to stabilize and ground me with those things. The last two things that I have are things of, for my skincare routine. They are like the last things I put on my face before going to sleep. So, and sometimes I, depending on like what other thing I've done to my face that night, I need to wait before I put them on so that I just have them in my sleep time bag so I don't have to get out of bed again and there's something just luxurious about putting on face oils while in bed 10 out of 10 would recommend like it's just great so I have a blended up an oil blend that I made myself um it's it appears to just be rosehip oil but it's actually a blend of rosehip oil and sea buckthornberry oil that I apply on my face every night along with Valeda Skin Food which is like a very thick moisturizer that is great for all parts of your body um, but I heard from another podcast uh, people using it on their face and I just wanted to jump on the bandwagon and it's just super luxurious and as far as I can tell doesn't clog my pores or anything even though it is super heavy I, I would only ever use it at night so I just use it at night and it just does its magic all night long and I wake up and my skin is super bright and luminous and all that even though I still have blackheads and breakouts too but that's just a whole other issue so that those are the items 
in my sleepy time bag and the reason why it's a safe space is I mean I think it's pretty obvious it just helps me to create this safe space for my sleeping wherever I might be and I have been in several different sleeping areas just this past week and I just love being able to grab my sleep time bag and know that I have what I need to get me through the night so yeah I ought to feel special, kid. Here's a shout out. My shout out this week is to crying. Um, just want to let that soak in for a moment. I really want to push back against any narrative that I have or you have about crying being this sign that you're weak, that you're fragile, that you're not dealing with life well, that there's something wrong with you, that you're ill-equipped to be a human, that you're unworthy of love, because that's not it at all. Crying, I feel like I'm learning more and more as I grow into an old wise crone. It's a great tool for processing things. It actually, rather than being like, you know, and there's ways to do it and ways not to do it, but that's, I'm not gonna really get into that right now because I'm not a therapist. Um, but a nice quick cry can be very cathartic. It can actually help you move on rather than, like I think a lot of people see someone crying and, and they think that they're, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, wallowing in self-pity or that they are just staying in a bad emotion. And that might be true. You know, some people who are crying might, you know, be not doing it in like a quote-unquote healthy way. Uh, as a quick aside, Doug and I were in Walmart the other day and there was a guy, probably homeless or just... Um, you know, experiencing a bad time, but he started crying once we started walking towards him. And it was like, he was using crying as a tool to perhaps, you know, get us to give him money. And there's a whole other structural thing in place there that we even have people who are homeless that just grandly sucks. Um, but anyway, that's a way that that's not the kind of crying that I'm using that are that I'm wanting to talk about and shout out, not manipulative crying. But um, yeah, I think crying done the right way actually helps you just to feel through something and move on so that you're not stuck in it You're in you, and you can get it out of your system. Like crying, there's literally things coming out of your body when you're crying. Sounds, water, words, feelings, and if that can happen, if you can actually let it happen, it's probably good and it's probably healthy. I've cried several times in the last week and it's all ended up being helpful. Um, and it's never, I've never, like it's never been about the fact that I'm crying. It just kind of happened that during an experience I was started to cry, but then that actually helped me to feel what I needed to feel and move the fuck on. So I feel like um, 
you know, crying, we're, we're told to keep it in and not do it. And that it's an indulgent behavior, like self-indulgent. And it doesn't have to be like, you can just have a cry, you know, maybe just set yourself a time limit and just be like, this is how long I'm going to give myself to cry. And then past that, then maybe it's unhealthy or maybe I need to search out a different way to move through this. I need to call somebody up or I need to go and take a walk. There's all kinds of tools available. But, you know, I was crying last night at the Song Suffragette show and it was more of like a joyful cry because I I cry about everything. Um, but yeah, um, I was... Actually, yesterday, even before I got to Song Suffragette, I was crying about not being able to park the van. And that was fine. You know, we all moved on. I had a little bit of a freak out um, about just being behind the wheel of this van all day long. And then Doug and I worked together and figured it out. And I moved on because I cried. And because I used crying as a tool to move through my shit. So... I just want to shout out crying. If you find yourself crying, that does not mean there's something wrong with you. It doesn't mean that you're unworthy or fragile or that you just can't deal. I mean, and honestly, maybe you can't deal, but why does that mean there's something wrong with you? Sometimes we just can't deal. And that's where crying can become a great ally in just helping us move through something. And I feel like there are certain things, like if we don't grieve them, if we don't mourn them, then we just become stuck in that place. And, you know, I'm really happy to be on this adventure and moving across the country, but I'm also still sad about what I've left behind and I've cried about that. Does that mean that I don't want to do what I'm doing? No, it just means that I'm human and I'm having all the feelings and crying is a tool that's helping me get through that. So shout out to crying. Cry. Just cry. One time when I was still in college and I was I was in a rough place romantically. And I was not the same woman that I am now where I could have just let myself cry about it. I actually went to see the movie The Blind Side in theaters by myself, call back to the small victory of going and doing things alone. But I knew that that movie would make me cry. I knew it would push all the buttons. And I cried and cried and cried that whole movie. And even though parts of it were for the actual storyline and the characters, some of it was just for me. And so, you know, if you need that extra support of like, getting something else to provoke the crying, but then allowing that to be a release of your own personal shit too. Do that. Watch a Hallmark commercial or watch one of those ASPCA with the Sarah McLaughlin music in the background or just even do something that brings you great joy and let that move you to tears because there is nothing wrong with crying. It's normal. It's actually a healthy part of our emotional processing through this crazy, scary world.
right, here's the end, little babies. Um, thanks for uh, listening. And I hope that the sound quality isn't too bad this week. So if so, thanks for bearing with me with that. And I don't have my regular notes in front of me, so I'm kind of blanking as to what to say. Oh, you can, my brother, <laughs> I'm starting all these sentences on tangent. My brother Ethan is the one who's made all the music and he has music available on Spotify under uh, the name Love Tana. So check that out and you can find the podcast on Instagram. I haven't been posting that much lately because I haven't been spending as much time on social media, but it's there. There's stuff there uh, at self doubt sandwich. You can email the podcast self doubt sandwich at gmail.com and rate review, subscribe all that because it's more fun if you do that. And we should all, you know, just be getting excited about what strangers are doing. So, uh, I think that's it. Tune in next week to hear what state I'm in mentally, physically, geographically, spiritually, emotionally, all the states. I will tell you about all of them. Been awake for a while. Hope you notice that. Please clap. Oh, cool.